Come for a friend. 
glad to have the children's choir back singing again this year. And we're going to dedicate these songs to our deacons. Uh, The first scripture that goes along with our first song is Psalms 18. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Lord, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. He is my shield, the strength of my salvation, and my stronghold. I will call on the Lord who is worthy of praise. dedicated to you. You have to be strong and you have to be bold and that's what our next song is. Uh, God told Joshua in Joshua 1.9 and he gives this word to you as well. I command you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deacons, we dedicate this to you.
10. Take your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 10, please, this morning. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm wondering if you're with us last week, how many of you are wearing, you got a chance to wear your bracelet this past week, your wristband, I love my church. I hope some of you did. I see some of you are wearing it today. There, I see it there. And uh, hopefully it's led to some opportunities to invite. I see yours back there. Good. And uh, I should ask how many want to get 10,000. Y'all throwing your hands up so much, you know, build a new building. But um, I want to encourage you. We're giving these out at two main things. First of all, a conversation starter. Uh, you, somebody may see it and ask you about it. It's an opportunity to invite them to church. We have more back there. We've given you some invite cards. Uh, maybe even leads to something great. You can talk more about Christ, share the three circles we learned a couple weeks ago or whatever. But the second thing we're asking you to do with this little wristband is to serve as a prayer prompt in your life. And I'm hoping and I'm, I'm trusting that our church is being prayed for uh, more now than maybe it has been in some time. And I'm praying as we especially uh, think about this theme of I love my church over these five weeks. And by the way, you're just at week two and really we're getting into the heart of the material. Last week we kind of overviewed it, but a five week series called I love my church. And I'm praying that as we think about these things, that our church will be prayed for in a wonderful way, in a great way, because really prayer is the key uh, to everything. And prayer is the key to our personal life and prayer is the key uh, to our church life. We are finding Hebrews chapter 10. You've either already found it or you're finding it uh, now. And and while you're finding it, I want to talk to you just a few minutes this morning about fences. That's right. I'm talking about fences. Um, You know, when it comes to fences, we're surrounded by fences in so many ways. I was walking last night. And I noticed that there are fences along the road here that uh, barbed wire fences to keep uh, the cattle in. And uh, fences come in all shapes and all sizes. They've been around for a long time. Uh, some are short and uh, some are tall and um, some are uh, pretty intimidating. Uh, some are invisible. Uh, some are transparent. Fences come in all shapes and all sizes and they're all around us. When it comes to fences, what's the purpose of a fence? Well, the purpose of a fence is either to keep something in or to keep something out or sometimes both. I mean, that's pretty much the the idea behind fences uh, to keep something in or keep something out. In fact, I read about a fellow this past week who was talking about the home that he grew up in. And he said, when I was growing up, we had a fence that went around the perimeter of our backyard. Now, he said the front yard was always kept really nice. The grass was always uh, neatly cut and his mom had flowers out. He said it looked like the cover of uh, a real estate brochure or one of those home and garden magazines. Maybe it looked something like that. I mean, it was just pristine. It was just spot on. And uh, everybody driving, I said, wow, look at that house. But he said on the other side of the fence, you know, there's a fence in the backyard. He said on the other side of the fence, though, things were slightly different. He said the grass was cut, but not quite as often as the front yard. He said all their toys and their bikes were back there and their swing set was back there. And his parents preferred they would uh, play back there so they knew where they were. He said the grill was back there and a picnic table. and They eat out in the backyard. And he said we had a dog. And he said try as hard as we could. You, you still had to watch where you stepped out the backyard. And he said that was the backyard. But he said the fence was the separation between those two spaces. It was the barrier from the front, which everyone was allowed to see and everybody was allowed to gaze at, which was so manicured and so spot on. But he said it's in the back, behind the fence, if you will, where we really live. Can you relate to that story? 
Is your front yard different than the backyard? We're going to be reminded today that these barriers that we find in our world, that's not what God has in mind when it comes to the church. In fact, instead of barriers, what God has in mind for us is community. That is connecting one with another. But these fences that we build in our lives keep messing things up. And so I want to explore God's word with you today in Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to follow along in your copy of God's word as I read from mine. And we're going to be reading together Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19 and reading through verse 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, before we unpack that passage together, I want you to think about your own life for a moment. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Have you built a fence in your life? Have you built up a fence in your life, a barrier in your life? In other words, you don't mind people seeing the front yard. You don't mind them seeing uh, the manicured flowers and the landscaping. And you put a welcome mat out front with a smile on your face. But you don't invite them into the backyard of your life. You don't invite them where the real you is. You don't want them to know that you have weaknesses and problems and issues. And by the way, can we just be honest today? All of us have weaknesses, don't we? All of us have problems. All of us have issues in our life. But you don't want anybody to see the weeds in your life or the peeling paint or the other things going on in your world. And instead of letting other people into our lives to help us and encourage us, we just build up our fences higher and we build them stronger. But, beloved, God wants us to rethink all these fences we've built in our life. And he wants us to live as a church family in community. He wants us to live connecting one to another. Love by connecting. And there are three big thoughts I want to give you from this passage we just read together. Three big things I want you to get. First of all, I want you to know that Jesus tore down the fence. Jesus tore down the fence. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, you may not even realize it. And you may not know it. But between each person and God, there is a fence that exists. There is a barrier between every person and God. And the Bible calls that fence, if you will. The Bible calls it sin. And beloved, the sad thing about this barrier in this fence is you can't get over it. You can't get around it and you can't get under it on your own. There's no way to get through it. There's a barrier that exists between every person and a holy God. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the glorious news today is this. Jesus tore down that fence. Jesus tore down that barrier. In fact, if you notice back in the passage, look at verse 19 again. Therefore, brethren, he's writing to believers here, having boldness to enter the holiest. How? By the blood of Jesus. 
by a new and living way, which he, that is Jesus, consecrated for us. How? Through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest. Who's that high priest now? It's Jesus. Over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, it may be some time since you've studied or maybe you've never studied the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle in the temple. And then there was a special place in uh, the tabernacle of the temple. And it was a place that had the holy place and the most holy place. Or the holy place, and what's referred to as the holy of holies. And the high priest is the only one that could enter into that most holy place, to the holy of holies, and only once a year to make atonement uh, for sin for the people. Now, you remember that when Jesus died on the cross, one of the things that happened was that veil, that curtain, that barrier that exists between the holy place and the most holy place, it was rent, it was cut, it was divided in two. Showing that a way had been opened, the way the Lord Jesus had opened up the way for us to come to a holy relationship, a right relationship with a holy God. And in other words, he tore down the fence, he tore down the barrier. In fact, he did it through his blood and he did it through dying. It says he, he we come through the veil that is his flesh. He gave his body, he shed his blood, he opened up the way for we who are sinners to come into a right relationship with a holy God. He tore down the fence. And beloved, if you admit, if you'll admit that there's a barrier, there's sin that separates you and God and you turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. The Bible says you will be saved. That's what repentance and faith is all about. Repentance means I don't want my sin anymore. I want to turn from my sin and I want to trust Jesus Christ alone as my Lord and Savior. And if you're here today, you've never done that. I want you to know that Jesus tore down the fence. And now you can go through Jesus and come into a right relationship with God. And I want to encourage everyone here to come into community with God. See, before we can have community and connect with one another, we've got to, first of all, have community and connection with God. And it only happens through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the great thing we find in this passage, first off, is the fact that Jesus tore down the fence. We can now come into a right relationship with God. Now, once we've done that, we understand that. The Lord wants us to, as believers, have community and have connection. And he wants us to allow others into our yards. He wants us to allow other people into our yards. Now, even though Jesus tore down the fence and brought us to a right relationship with God, we still are very careful about who we let into our lives, who we let into our yards, if you will. We don't want them to see the laundry on the line. We don't want them to see the weeds. We don't want to do any of those things. We are just very careful we allow people to see in our lives. But we said last week, if we're going to really love the church, and by the way, when we talk about loving the church, we're not talking about this building. We're not talking about the programs. We're talking about the people. We're talking about one another. If we're going to really love the church, we're going to love each other. We have to be intentional about our love. We have to be intentional about going and and loving each other. And loving each other is impossible, really, in many ways, if we're going to have a fence between us. We're going to have barriers between us. We're not going to let other people into our lives. So what do we do? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells us, look at verse 25. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now, preachers have for years, and I've also done it. We've used this passage to teach what to people? 
that you should be aware on Sunday mornings, if at all possible. You should be in church. You should be here on Wednesday nights. And that is true. But this passage goes even beyond that. It's not just a verse to guilt people into coming to church. This passage goes beyond that. He's talking about an everyday assembling. He's talking about doing life together. He's talking about living in community and and living in connection. And community means we don't build fences between each other. Community means we have below the surface. It means authenticity. It means sharing life together. It means having deeper relationships within the body of Christ. It means more than just coming in here and sitting in these pews. As wonderful as this is, and we worship together in fellowship, but we might just shake hands or smile and we head out our own way. That's not community, beloved. Community means we allow people into our lives, we allow people into our yards, and we let them see some of those things that maybe we want to keep hidden so that they can help us and minister to them. It also means that we go into their yards. And we help them in their lives. You may not. I'm probably going to date myself by mentioning this particular television show. And a lot of the children won't know who in the world this is. But how do you remember the television show Home Improvement with Tim Allen? Do you remember that show? Yeah. All the manly men, they remember that. <laughs> right? Well, in the show, if you followed the show, if you watched the show, they had a next door neighbor. And the next door neighbor's name, do you remember what his name was? Wilson, so y'all watch that show quite a bit. And in the show, all we ever saw was this of Wilson. You remember that? And in fact, they lived beside Wilson for years, but they never saw his face. And, and it, over the fence, and, and whenever they would put him somewhere else, they always had something blocking his face. Or he might be wearing a mask or whatever. And in reality, that's the way a lot of church life goes on. That's the way a lot of believers are right there. Uh, we sit in, in pews with people for years and we go to Bible study with people for years and maybe uh, we, we see each other and we do things together. But we never see someone's whole face. We're never allowed into each other's life. We, we try to minister to each other behind fences. And so we have to realize that if I'm going to truly minister to someone, that fence has to come down because maybe there's an issue or problem. I can't get beyond that. There's a barrier between us. And so we've got to open up our lives to each other. And we've got to be willing to walk in to each other's lives. Hebrews 10.25, there's just not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. So people, I guess, have always laid out a church. Uh, but it says exhorting, or many translations say encouraging, encouraging one another. And we need that, don't we? We need to be exhorted, we need to be encouraged. Why? And all the more, as you see the day drawing near, Jesus is coming back. And it's getting harder and harder to live the Christian life in our world in America, isn't it? Uh, we're being marginalized in so many ways and we're being uh, pushed aside in so many ways in our beliefs and our convictions. And so we need encouragement and exhortation. And so I want to ask you, whose life are you in today? Whose yard are you in? Who are you allowing into your life? Maybe for you, community and connection takes place maybe in a Sunday school class or maybe in a small group Bible study. Or maybe you're a part of our women's group or the brotherhood. Or maybe you go out as a group or whatever. Or maybe it's just some people in the body of Christ that you've come together with them and you're doing life with them. And it's not a formal ministry. It's just you're you're in community one for another, one with another. But I want to encourage you if you're here today and, and you're not experiencing the community and you're not experiencing this connection. One of the best places to begin, in my opinion, is to get plugged into a Sunday school class. Get plugged into a Sunday school class. Um, 
And I say that because that's where we can really get into each other's lives and help each other during times of prayer and sharing. Because here we're in a big group and here we're going to sing, and we're going to pray and we're going to worship and we're going to go home. But in a Sunday school class, you can open up your life and say, hey, would you pray for me? I'm having this issue or that issue. And you can experience that love and that community in your own life. And you can also minister to other people in their lives. Now, we realize um, this is not going to happen necessarily overnight for many people. And it's not going to be just blown wide open. But you've got to let your life open to somebody, um, someone. Maybe it can't be everybody, obviously, but you've got to let someone in, someone to help you. See, we realize here that Jesus tore down the fence and we can come back into community and connection with God through Jesus Christ. He wants other people uh, to be allowed to come into our lives, allow them into our yards and into our lives. But then there's a third thing here. And sometimes we forget this. We need to enjoy the company. We need to enjoy the company. Imagine for a moment that some of you are still this age, but imagine you're a child, you're a kid. And for some of us, we've got to stretch to remember back those days. But you're a kid, you've been invited to a birthday party. But the sad thing is the host of the birthday party didn't plan anything. I mean, there's a big bag of plain potato chips and some wheat Kool-Aid on the table. Beyond that, there's nothing else. There's no games. There's no desserts. There's no face painting. There's no pen to tell on the donkey. There's no pizza. There's no movie. There's no swimming pool. There's nothing. Now, would you agree with me? That would be one dull, boring party. And in honesty, beloved, you would leave that place thinking they didn't even try. In fact, even their dog is sad <laughs> over that party. I mean, it's just sad. But look at what verse 24 says. Verse 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and Good works. Now that word consider there doesn't mean just to look at each other. It has the idea of thinking, of contemplating, of strategizing. Think about it in relation to planning a successful birthday party. There's planning that goes into that. There's intentionality. There's strategy. And if we're going to live in, in community and in connection and we're going to do life together, it's going to take not only intentionality, but also strategy, strategy. You see, we're to be strategizing, contemplating, considering how to do what? Love and good work. So this goes beyond the four church walls. It goes beyond the sermon. Uh, it, it's seeing those issues that are in people's lives and it's stepping in to help paint the shed and pull the weeds and help them with issues. It's bringing a meal in the time of crisis. It's having go-to numbers in your cell phone when you break down in Charlotte. It's knowing who to call when you want to go on a double date. It's inviting someone over for dinner. It's teaming up when we have a church service project or a ministry project or a Sunday school outing and working with one another. It's helping each other to enjoy Jesus and enjoy life and enjoy the many blessings that we have. He says, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it, contemplate, strategize how you can encourage and stir up love and good works. See, we were never meant to live the Christian life in isolation. We were never meant to live the Christian life by ourselves. God has given us many wonderful gifts, the indwelling Holy Spirit and prayer and, and his word, but also the church. And the church is a part of his plan. And the church is his idea. And the church is all about community and connecting. But the thing about it, beloved, is these things don't happen automatically. 
They happen when we think about it, consider it and plan it out and help to make it happen, to connect with one another. So I want to give you in closing this morning three points of strategy for all of us when it comes to having connection and community in the church family. And think about it in your own life as you think about being a member. Maybe you're here and, and, and you've been here forever and you already have community and connection. One of the challenges we face in a church like Red Hill is because we've been here for so long and so many have grown up here. Sometimes when new people come, it's hard for them to connect. Why? Because I've got my community. So we've got to be willing to open up to other people to come and have community and connection. But three points of strategy and then we're done. First of all, we think about this strategy. First of all, have healthy expectations. Have healthy expectations. Now, here's an unhealthy expectation. I'm going to know everybody in the church and they're going to be my best friend. That's unhealthy expectation. That's not going to happen. That's not realistic. Now, here's a healthy expectation. You ready for it? I can have some great connections throughout the church family. So I'm going to love the church family. I'm going to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. But I can only have some great friendships with some of the people in the church. And I listen. And I can only go really deep with a few people. You see the difference? So I can have a great relationship with the, with the church at Broad. Then I'm going to have some closer friendships. Then I'm going to go deeper with a few people. That's a healthy expectation. In fact, isn't it interesting? Jesus ministered to multitudes of people. But he called 12 disciples. And then even within the 12 disciples, he had his inner circle, didn't he? And so don't think, well, listen, everybody's going to be my best friend. No, they'll be your brother and sister in Christ. They'll love you. They'll support you. Hopefully they'll pray for you. But everybody's going to be your best friend because that's just unrealistic. I mean, time constraints, you name it. You want to go deeper with a few. Second realization this morning. Second point of strategy. Realize that baby steps are okay. Realize that baby steps are okay. Let's get clear. Living without fences doesn't mean you're going to let every single person into the personal part of your life. You ever met anybody like that? You meet them for the first time and they back a dump truck up to you and unload everything about them. You don't want to know. You want to see my surgery scar. You want to know what happened this morning. You want to. I don't know. I don't. Baby steps. And so it means we're going to hang out in the front yard first. Then we might move into the dining room and have dinner together. And then eventually, some I'm going to bite out in the backyard and go a little bit deeper in life. And realize that baby steps are okay. You won't let everyone in, but you've got to let somebody in. Not everyone, but someone. And so baby steps. And then thirdly, we all need to take some ownership. Take some ownership when it comes to this. Realize this is everyone's job, not everyone else's job. They said, again, it's everyone's job, not everyone else's job. We all need to work at it. And if you come into a church, whether it's our church or any church, and you're, here's your attitude, well, I'm here, I'm ready for community. Come, 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 give me community. <laughs> Pardon me, but it ain't going to happen more than likely. It's everybody's job. I, I've got to make some, he that be friendly must show himself friendly. It's everybody's job. So I, I've got to take some Action and other people are taking action. I'm not just sitting waiting for community to follow me and, and, and that kind of thing. So think about a scale from one to ten. One's the lowest, ten's the highest. Now think about community and connecting. Where are you on that scale connecting with other believers in this church family? Are you a one or two or three or five or a ten? 
Now think about it. Be honest about it. And by the way, don't feel bad if you say, well, I'm at a one. Some might even say, I'm not even on the scale. Maybe you feel that way. But let's just say you're at a one or a two. We'll just start on this end of the scale. Let's say you're on a two. What do you need to do in the next several weeks as we think about loving the church to move from a two to a three? Or move from a two to a four? What are some things you could do to move yourself along that path of getting connected with other believers? And what do you need to do beginning this week? Maybe you need to put out the invitation. Maybe you need to make the phone call. Maybe you need to invite someone after church over or whatever. Maybe you need to go out as a, a, a double date. Maybe you need to make, take some action in building that community and doing life together. You need to act on it too. Why? Because we need to take ownership and realize this is about connecting one with another. See, it's a two-way street. It's not just being a taker. It's being a giver. It's living in community. It's helping and ministering one to another, connecting community. And so as we leave in a little while, I want you to be encouraged and challenged to love the church. Know that Jesus tore down the fence. We can come back into a right relationship with God. Know that you need to allow someone into your yard, your life. And then you need to enjoy the company and connect in that community one with another. And then maybe to take some practical steps to beginning today, this week, to pick up the phone. Maybe even saying, wait, we need to get together. Why don't you do it? Why don't you pick up the phone and say, let's get, let's set a date. Let's just talk about it. Let's live in community one with another, because that's the way God designed this thing to work for us to be in community, to be connected one with another. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for community. Thank you that we don't have to do these things on our own, but you have provided the means and the resources. We have the Holy Spirit. We have prayer. We have the word. And Lord, we have the many blessings and we have each other. And I pray for real community, real connection to go on in this church family. Father, I pray that you would help us all to take ownership and to take those steps to begin these processes of connecting one with another. Father, I pray your blessing now in this invitation and this ordination. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. If you've never connected with the Lord as Savior, I want to invite you as we sing this closing chorus to come. We'd love to share Christ with you. Or maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm already saved, but I realize there's some real needs in my life when it comes to community. And I need to, I need to tear down some fences and allow people into my life. And I need to be willing to get involved in their life. And I need to be willing to get my hands dirty a little bit. And open my life up to some folks. Maybe you want to come and pray about that today. But our closing hymn this morning is 457. 457, Lord be glorified. And as we sing, the altars open. I think these words are an appropriate close to this particular message. It says, in my life, Lord, be glorified. In my song, Lord, be glorified. And in your church, Lord, be glorified. Would you stand and sing with us 457? Thank you.